Hello and welcome to Someone Should Make This, a show where we do the hard part of coming up with great video game ideas and offer them up to the world. My name is Danish. I'm Matt. And Jeff couldn't be here today. He is off galvanting around the edge of the galaxy over at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, building lightsabers and droids and whatever else. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear all about it when he's back next week. But in the meantime, we have a very special, I mean, he's been on a number of times, kind of one of the gang. I don't know how special he really is anymore, but Mr. Dan Wyland is here. Hello. Thank you for saying that I'm no longer special. <laughs> Welcome, Dan. Well, it's not that you're not no, you're special. You're always special. It's that you've ascended That's in, true. into a regular, right? Oh, it's, like, it's like yeah. at a bar. The you know the guy comes in one time that's special. He comes in all the time. It's not he's special, a drunk. but he's a drunk regular. <laughs> so you're our drunk right. regular co-host. Okay, I like it. That's fantastic. That's good. I like that too. It means I get a drink. <laughs> all right, so we got a big show today. We're going to talk about. I want to spend some time talking about Dreams, the new PS4 game that just came out. I feel like it's, you know, the game should be called. Someone should make this presents Dreams, because. <laughs> It really is like a sister game to our podcast. It's like exactly what this podcast is about. So I want to give some time to it and really talk about it. Um, We have a mail, which is always exciting. And then, of course, uh, random fun adventures we've been having this week. Um, What have you guys been up to this week? Uh, Well, I have have some moderately exciting news. Um, Knowing that I was going to be on the podcast this week, I did a little homework and I watched Undisputed (gasps) 2. Holy shit! Uh Uh-huh. Undisputed 2. That's right. And you just, is- you just woke up from your coma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it put me in like an excitement coma <laughs> for, the, for the whole week. And now I am the most complete person on earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just to back up for a moment, some we haven't done this in a while and some new listeners may not be familiar that not only do we talk about games that should be made and um, game design and that sort of thing, we are also sort of simultaneously a Scott Adkins appreciation podcast. Scott Adkins, obviously, um, martial arts action superstar. I mean, you got your Tom Cruise, you got your Keanu Reeves, and above them is Scott Adkins. So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. And Undisputed 2 is kind of the first movie that really put him on the map, I believe, uh, back in 2006. So anyway, that's just to get everyone on the same page here. Dan, what did you think of Undisputed 2? It was, in, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't realize it was a straight-to-DVD movie. So on... I, uh, I thought that was implied. Well, <laughs> you guys' love for the, for the Scott Atkins franchises is so just astronomical that I assumed they were all Oscar-winning, like, multi-billion dollar films. But That's true. The, it, it is like the way Pixar has um, won, you know, eight out of the last... 12 Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature. Scott Adkins' movies have won the Best Picture Oscar. That, that is true. Yeah, that's that's what I assumed, uh, having you know not paid any attention to them at all, all. All joking aside, he's gotten snubbed for the last like 20 years. That's true. Yeah, it's it's been rough. But my I will I will admit that my first impression when I started it up was, what year was this made? It looks <laughs> kind of old. And it, and it is. I mean, it, yeah. what was it, 2006? Yeah. The, uh, Undisputed 2? Yeah. yeah. It was, it's not like brand spanking new or anything, but it did look a little older than I was expecting. Uh, Scott Atkins is a visionary. The action in that movie was fantastic, although I will say this, much less than I expected. Like, there's, it's not action-packed. What? 
It's not like oh, there's there's you're saying there's less action yeah. than you expect. Okay, yeah, that's there, that's fair. There um, are large large two. gaps especially of two. non-action, which is normal for a movie. But <laughs> you know, Scott Atkins movie. After hearing you guys talk about it, I expected it to be wall to wall, you know, foot punches and hand kicks and just lots of stuff. And I mean, you know, they spent time setting up the world setting up the stakes, um, you know, creating the pathos for these characters so that we could... A lot of pathos. Yeah, we could see them grow over the course of it. Uh, Probably my biggest surprise, though, is that uh, Russian prisons just don't have guns for the most part, it seems. No guns. No guns at all, ever. Yeah, until the mafia shows up, at which point they have guns, but the actual prison (laughs) security (laughs) itself... uh, Switchblades, I think, and um, (laughs) and, uh, billy clubs. That's pretty much it. I I think I think you should if any anybody's listening is going to is going to start their Scott Adkins journey I think you should start with Undisputed 3 mm-hmm. that would that would be my vote That's what well, that, that's, I remember we had we had this conversation last time Dan was on yeah. and we thought it would be an interesting experiment to have him start with 2 oh, and then go to right. 3 mm-hmm. That's right That's um, right and I told him and I'll say it again here Undisputed 2 to Undisputed 3 is kind of like Terminator 1 to Terminator 2 in many ways. Yeah. Not only the uh, antagonist and protagonist flip, but also just in terms of the escalation of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm yeah, excited to see 3, for sure. What did you think of Boyka? I'll, I'll say for the, like the, for the first maybe two-thirds of the movie, I really didn't have somebody that I wanted to cheer for at all. Like, didn't like Boyka. He seemed like he was a real... Real hard case. Real and, stick in the mud. Yeah, I mean, he wanted, you know, he wanted to fight. I'm not even sure that he, like, wasn't in prison voluntarily. Like, I think he just came to prison, <laughs> put himself in a cell, and said, let's start an underground fight club oh, because I need, start fighting all I need to work on the science of fighting. He, I liked his, his you know... Where want, better than the scientific labs of prison. Of the Russian prison system, where there are yeah. no guns, which allows for more innovation in, in the hand-to-hand combat. Um, I liked his montage of, of civilizations throughout history that that had had improved on the science of fighting, including Jesus Christ. Collage, collage, collage. not montage. Yeah, well, there was some montages too. But <laughs> well, I was right, going to say, collage. man, I need to watch this movie again because I do not remember a montage <laughs> of Jesus Christ <laughs> kung fuing. Sorry, it was a collage. of uh, Jesus Christ on was, his prison wall. was on there, yeah, which I don't remember Jesus doing a whole lot of fighting, but maybe maybe he's, he's figured it out at the end. I don't know. Who knows? But um, what I didn't realize, though... Uh, and then I also didn't really want to cheer for um, Chambers, Chambers, because he seemed like a real jerk too. So at the beginning, through almost over half the movie, I was like, I don't like anybody. I like the action. I like the fighting. I don't like these people. I don't want any of them to win, except for maybe the Sam Elliott uh, wheel wheelchair guy. <laughs> who like well, I think okay. Undis- Undisputed Three is going to improve on every single issue you've well, had. No, hold on. But like you were saying the first half, because the second half, I would say both characters grow. Yeah. Do you not agree? And they were they were in sort of a bind. And so was I, because, (laughs) you know, I wanted Chambers to win because he obviously is he's not supposed to be there. He is clearly growing as a person. He's helping the other inmates out. Helping other people. Exactly. Yeah. He He was very selfish at the beginning. Yep. And then he demands Columbia jackets for everybody by the end, which is very nice in cold Russia. Boykins, I was like, 
Boykins. That's his name, right? I'm sorry. Well, well, who's Boykins? (laughs) It's a a Porkins Russian brother. (laughs) No, but Scott Atkins' character's name is... Boyka. Boyka plus Atkins is Boykins. Yeah. Boykins. Oh! Yeah. It was on purpose. Not Adka? I don't know. Adka? I don't know. We could figure out his couple's name later. But he... Uh, because he would only ever love himself, so it has to be <laughs> nice. And I kind of wanted him to win. Um, probably in part because of your guys' love for Scott Atkins. But also, uh, like I said, I assumed he was in there voluntarily just to move forward the science well, of fighting. But Here's if either the of them won, the Mafia wins. So it was really a catch-22. It's really Alien versus Predator. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, here's the thing I'll say about Boyka, though. is like, yes, he's like this hard-ass, he's this bad guy. But even he has goddamn principles. Mm-hmm. Because when he finds out that Chambers was drugged, he is mad. Because yeah. he wants a fair fight. That's the thing about Boyka. Yeah. And so you realize he has integrity. He does have integrity. He wants to, like I said, he wants to advance the science of fighting. By cheating, yeah. that's only hurting his uh, his hypotheses and theories. I know very little about exactly. science. Exactly. Yeah. So Boyka's really the good guy. Yeah. I think that I think everyone's a good guy except for that shawarmi uh, Russian mafia guy. Uh, what's his name? Gaga. Yeah, Gaga. I like Gaga. He's so smarmy. He's very smarmy. He's at the smarmiest face. He's awesome. I like Gaga a lot. Okay, well, that was the Atkins Report. Uh, awesome that you watched it. And then uh, next time you're on, hopefully you'll have seen Undisputed 3, the actual real crown jewel in the franchise. Um, hey, Danish, what'd you do this weekend? I uh, actually watched Sonic the Hedgehog, which I thought was absolutely delightful. It was... Um, you know, not offensive in any way in terms of, uh, like, there are a lot of just unwatchable kids' movies. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, very watchable, very fun. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's fantastic. Um, um, good to see Jim Carrey doing his thing again. Yeah, we were kind of talking about that. It yeah. was good. To, it's good to see him kind of doing his, his circuit and not looking super depressed all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he uh, he's down in the dumps there for a while. I'm not sure what he happened. Was. Yeah. Okay, so uh, now that we've gotten Sonic Talk out of the way, uh, we have our mail. We have a real mail, guys. Are we excited about this? <laughs> real, it's not, <laughs> not the fake mails we usually yeah. do. We usually do. We get a lot of weirdly fake mails. and some Actually, un- that is true. We get a lot of fake mail. <laughs> and a lot of uncomfortable ones. But this one comes from Brandon from New Albany, Indiana. Uh, Brandon says, I just listened to your weird sequels episode, and I realized an idea I've been kicking around in my head for a while fits that concept perfectly. And that idea is... Rocket League Metroidvania. Uh, I love games that have fun, fluid traversal mechanics, which is why I love Rocket League. Um, He goes on to say, admittedly, my original idea was not for a sequel, but for a story mode, but you could just surprise drop one day for players to find. Um, He then goes on to describe a scenario in which players are released from their sort of like like the normal Rocket League arena. Um, I'm imagining like, well, I, I, I just... Brandon is sort of imagining like the the uh, the arena gets like shattered or cracked or destroyed in some way, so that uh, the player then gets to sort of drive out into the world and just like Mad That'd Max, be awesome. wouldn't it? Like a Mad oh Max God. style post-apocalyptic world. All the all the enemies are just like other vehicles, and uh, he Brandon really wants all the storytelling done through the environment, not through like character interactions so much. 
just like Mad Max. Um, I'm leaving stuff out intentionally because Brandon says he's a fledgling game developer, so I don't want to. I don't want to give Brandon's secret sauce away, but I thought this was a, a great idea that we should uh, mention on the episode. I'm super absolutely. This is amazing. yeah. I'm super intrigued by the backstory that could be there. You know, perhaps we find out that the Rocket League cars have been imprisoned this whole time, whether just or <laughs> yeah. unjustly, and they finally, oh, you know, it's some, like Running Man with cars. Yes. Yes, and you, they get out in the wow. world, and then you're driving through cities, and you see all these advertisements for Rocket League that like oh, dissidents have like oh spray God. painted over and said "free the free the cars, free the world," you know, free the cars, free the world. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's almost like some like like splinter group of of people who who are are watching the car atrocities that happen inside the yeah. game. Yeah, it's like rigged it, rigged the 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 wall to blow and right. free all of them. Right, because in the story mode, we, we find out later that the losing team gets destroyed. And oh, so shit. It's, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we didn't, like, nobody knew that. And, like, yeah, and so it's every, this whole conspiracy is exposed. And, yeah, I love the post-apocalyptic uh, environment. Now, I don't know if Brendan has played um, Beetle Adventure Racing. Oh, for N64, God for, uh, damn, Beetle Adventure Racing is good. I don't know what this we is. We have talked about it before on the podcast, um, but it is essentially a open-world racing game with adventure mechanics. Now, it isn't really a Metroidvania. There still are sort of like worlds and sections. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a racing game. and this It's a racing this game. This is not a racing but, game. This is like an adventure right. game, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think there is a little, like, it has got one foot in that sort of Beetle Adventure thing where you can explore... Um, and it's a great marrying of Rocket League, which I agree has like awesome mechanics and like driving up walls and stuff. You like, know what? Uh, what I like about this 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 uh, this concept is Rocket League is definitely one of those games that's like easy to learn, tough to master. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. you know it is, it is so like on the nose that exact thing. Exactly. Yep. Oh, dude, and the it, first time I learned how to like the first time I was able to rocket jump and fly up and meet a ball in the air, which is so hard to do. I, it's probably the greatest video game accomplishment oh, yeah. of my life. And like, imagine, imagine like an eight hour story mode where you slowly unlock these skills so that you can start doing th- like, like imagine like, just like in like a Zelda game when, you know, you get a new ability and you go into a dungeon and it is very heavily about using that ability as much as possible. Right. Like there could be an area where the puzzle is like, you've just learned to jump and you've just learned to like rotate in the air and you literally have to like knock balls out of the air into specific targets or something like that's sort of like, so it, it sort of serves as a tutorial so that players can get better yeah, mm-hmm. and not be so daunted by jumping online. Cause I feel like they've got a little bit more, uh, all right, so check this out. All, all of these, it's you know how in classic Metroidvania games, you start with all the powers and you lose them all. So, like, when you shatter the environment, that's when you lose all the powers because whatever that structure was was, like, the thing giving you the oh, powers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you and this ragtag group of cars have to go around and, like, reassemble your powers. And, like, by the end of the game, you're, like, driving up skyscrapers. And, like, taking <laughs> to, like, down the evil corporation at the yes. top yes. of the... <laughs> Oh my this god, that's really good, Brandon. You gotta make this game. Yeah, someone, Brandon. Someone should make. Someone it. should make this, and it should be someone, you, Brandon. A.E. Brandon should make this. Yes, and that's a good segue uh, into something that I want to talk about. Is that now? Uh, I mean, he says that he's a game developer, and I, I assume you know he's serious about it and, and learning Unreal. Oh, Dan, uh, this is so clean. I'm proud of you. But but <laughs> but really, like, um, he can at least prototype it in. Dreams for PS4. 
Dreams just came out on Friday, and it's basically a game developer's toolkit uh, focused toward console players, PS4 players. With um, So we were talking about this before this game came out, and there was a lot of discussion about who is this game for? If I'm going to spend a lot of time learning these tools, why don't I just learn Unreal Engine? Like, why don't I just learn a real thing? And after playing it, I can say that I totally see why. This is a great introduction to uh, concepts to like, because uh, right away, the first thing I'll say about Dreams that is just amazing are the tutorials. Mm -hmm. They are so charming. They are so fun and inventive and like uh, brilliantly like paced out. Like they do this thing, which I swear every game should copy, is they have a little window with a little video playing and a guy talking. And they have skip forward 10 seconds, skip forward back 10 seconds, like chapter markers that is, on the tutorial yeah, video. That is like the best thing embedding that's YouTube ever happened tutorials in there. Yeah, yeah and, and the great thing about it is that uh, you are skipping forward and it's actually like skipping forward, not just the little video, but you can then start, you know, okay, like here's, here's exactly what happens. Um, obviously, it takes us time and it explains things very thoroughly, but... Uh, Someone who, like myself or like all of us who've kind of been used to this sort of thing, we, we might get ahead of the ahead of the video. So we're doing it, we're doing it. We're like, okay, oh, I get it. I get what they're saying. Let me build that bridge. Let me animate that platform, et cetera. And I can kind of blow past it. And then it's like, okay, cool. Now I'll just skip forward, skip forward. And then next lesson and boom, I'm, I can continue where I'm going. It just makes the whole thing so seamless. Because I think that, that that can happen in fighting, in, like in any tutorial, especially like, you know, certain fighting games tutorials where it's like, Walk forward, walk backward, yeah, punch. Do that like, oh seven God. times. It's yeah. like, I get like, it. I know yeah. how to do it. Like, the skip forward thing is amazing. So, right away, that the tutorialization is so good that it teaches you concepts that then, when you do graduate to UE4, it's like, oh, I got this. I know what keyframes are. I know what logic gates are. I know what blueprints are. There's a whole blueprint system in this yeah, game. It's, oh, no kidding. And it's bonkers yeah, what you can do in there. It's I've only just—it's literally blueprints surface. with nodes and effectors and like inputs and outputs and everything. Yeah, I think if so, I think yeah. if you really got deep into it and learned, um, you know, all the logic systems in there, transitioning to another engine would be really easy for you. Like it's absolutely because yeah. like um, when I am learning a new, like for example, this is years ago, but like I was starting to learn uh, 3D Studio Max. I was mostly like from Maya, right? I was using a lot of Maya, and uh, I don't remember why. It was for some reason I was doing it. And I thought, okay, what's the equivalent of like, oh, how do I extrude or how do I do this or that? Things that I know well in Maya. All I got to do is Google it. Three, you know, how do you extrude and three? And so it's like the same thing. That's a good point. Like knowing knowing the the lingo and like knowing what you're looking for. Because you go into a modeling program and you don't even know what modeling is. You don't know to look for extrude. Right. Like, yeah. But once you know extrude, you know that every modeling program ever is going to have an extrude function. That's exactly right. And so I think Dreams is what that really good way of doing that especially for people who are you know don't i mean like that's the one thing is that like unreal engine is free and so anybody can do it but it can still be really daunting like to just start it up and there's lots of tutorials and stuff but uh dreams makes it so easy to jump into and do um i've been talking for a while dan what do you what do you think so far about it yeah i really enjoyed it i I think that embedding those tutorials is uh super good and not all of them are videos some of them are fully interactive like that's step right. by step, like the narrator's telling you what to do and, and kind of demonstrating how to do it or talking you through how to do it. So it's not all the embedded video tutorials, um, but those are great as well. 
Um, my my so far, uh, I've been trying to play with the move controllers exclusively. And uh, one thing I did, which was not wise, was I I skipped all the tutorials on the move controllers. I was like, ah, I'll figure this <laughs> out. It's fine. Why would you do that? Well, I don't know. Like, I'm like, okay, oh, I've played I played VR games with the move controllers. I'm a seasoned veteran of video games. <laughs> this is the exact story I told last week. I know. I, <laughs> when I was <laughs> playing oh, Autica. Autica. Yeah, 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 Autica, you're like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I've done this shit before. So And, da- and, and Dan, you listened to that episode. I did. And you knew the folly. <laughs> I did, and I came away from it thinking, Pearson's, Pearson knows what's up. Just skip ahead to what you want to do. Don't bother That's with not the, the takeaway. I thought it was. I thought it, was it was a word of warning. Mm, no, it wasn't clear to me. So I did struggle with the move controllers for quite a while. Uh, I went. I I went to the tutorials. I, I did the tutorials you have to do, and then I went to the section on creating stuff. Um, which, by the way, we should say there's a whole section of just like I want to play what people have created. So you can just go in there and yeah. play games. You don't have to necessarily want to create, or you can go in there and play right. games. And- and the, and the actual, like, quote-unquote story mode that uh, it's called Art's Dream, which is the media molecule created main center centerpiece, right. is excellent. Yeah. And so definitely worth playing that as well. But I, now, I, know, I know I'm supposed to be playing the role of the guy who knows nothing about this. Sure. Uh, I do, I do yeah. know a couple things. You're, you're the two who have sure. actually played it. I haven't played it, but I've watched some videos. Um, isn't there a function for, like, you said you can play other people's games. Isn't there like a like? Don't they call it like remixing, where you can actually go in and modify other people's work? Yeah, it, absolutely. If they set it to available yeah. to do that, then yeah, I think you can just. Yeah. So uh, actually, there was a game. I I don't know if it was a Meta Molecule game or a user game, but basically it was uh, Marble Madness. Or um, actually, uh, Matt, you made a game. Your first game ever was what? Uh, what was it called? Oh, are we talking about Influx? Influx, yes. Uh, someone made Influx in Dreams. That's um, that's crazy. Like, wait, like really Influx or like they they no, had a I mean, ball rolling a, around? It was a ball. It was a, you control a ball and you're doing stuff. That's cool. I, now that you mention it, though, I bet Influx is a very good fit for that sort of game. I, I should, right. should I say really quick? Influx was sure. a roll a ball around puzzler game. A lot of cool uh, twisty room puzzles and stuff. Uh, I do not benefit from sales of that game at all. So buy it if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so th- there was a down- there's a uh, Marble Madness style level a game that I downloaded or- and played, and-, and that had a remix option. So uh, there's kind of this path where um, you know it's like not particularly hard; it's just this kind of curvy path around lava. And um, the uh, I remixed it and started adding like more challenging, like circuitous, like thin bridges and stuff to see if I can do it. So yeah, that was just like a simple thing I I was able to do pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean it. it it's my my question. Well, so anyway, what I did was I went into to the to the creation side after I got through the basic tutorials and skipped the tutorials and actually how to use the controllers, and I just searched animation. I just because I'm an animator by trade, I wanted to see what their animation systems were like, um, and they were really clever and intuitive. And uh, you know, it took a little. <laughs> I felt like I was carving a turkey most of the time with these two move controllers because <laughs> I just I couldn't figure out how to how to move things around. Once I did the move and controller the, tutorials, um, it, they actually have a really clever system where you put the two, your two controllers or your two uh, UI elements um, around a thing and then hit both of the move buttons at once. And it's sort of like framing your focus in a traditional 3D software package so that the movements that you use are kind of attuned to, to that object 
So you that becomes the pivot that, point. The pivot point. The right? pivot point's always where you grab with the with the UI element of the controller, but it focus it focus and frames it so that you're orbiting around that thing instead of just like it kind of changes the scale of how how the movement works to the thing that you're right. wanting to work on, which is super clever. And I wish I had known that before I spent an hour on the animation <laughs> tutorial without it. Um, but you know, the, I will say that uh, the I think the best method is the default controller with tilt function. Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually, I saw on Twitter that um, Kotaku also re recommended that as the one that you should go with, if you're, especially if you're a beginner. And one of the developers chimed in and said, um, yes, you know, like after seeing hundreds of hours of user testing, this is the one that is the most recommended. And I agree with that for one reason is because um, to me, the biggest point of friction was uh, navigating the 3D world, mm -hmm. like uh, move forward, back, up, down, turn, like the whole six degrees of movement. Mm -hmm. Because in every control scheme, uh, it's one of those axes is locked away behind like a modifier button. Like for example, uh, forward and back, uh, turn left, turn right, orbit, but you can't strafe until you hold L1. And L1 you can strafe around. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Which isn't really I, any different than a 3D software package on a computer, you've got to hold Alt or something to modify the mouse inputs to do the same sort the of one, thing. That's true. The one thing though I wish that they did is that if you fly around the 3D world in Unreal Engine 4 with a controller, uh, the elevation is the bumpers, like L, oh, LB and RB are like up and down and everything else is like first person controls, like flight controls yeah. kind of. And even the Halo Forge, copied that system of free camera movement where the bumpers are elevation. And I wish they did that, but I, obviously they were running out of buttons because there's so much control that you have to yeah. do. Because uh, the thing that, again, the thing that I found the most friction with is um, I wish that the camera orientation and the movement of the object were divorced from each other. So even if I'm looking down at something, like at an angle, and I hit up, like if I'm dragging it away from me, that it stays on the you know x-axis mm -hmm. rather than moving away from me in the weird angle that my camera's at. Does that make sense? Yeah, it is a little a little finicky to kind of move things around in 3D space, um, which, you know, I'm not sure. I feel like I probably said the same thing when I first was learning Maya. So I imagine after some time, you kind of figure out the ins and outs of it. I think you do. And I've played it for a while, and I've, I've definitely gotten much faster yeah. at it. Oh, the other thing I'll recommend is there's a grid snapping mm -hmm. option that you can turn on, and that helps a ton yeah. because things just lock into place. There's... You know, very few times do you even need to really do anything super organic where it's messy. Like, obviously, you want to eventually. But for the most part, if you're just building structures and blocks, like, you probably want that snapping yeah. on. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, say, and just last thing on the controlling controller system, um, it, it seems clear to me that Media Molecule does find, seem to think that the, that the um, controller is the primary method because some of those video tutorials, when they describe things, are describing the controller input and, and it doesn't have a direct, or it probably does have a direct correlation, but it's not immediately clear to me on the move controllers what, what right. L1 maps to. And so uh, there's some times where they tell me to do something and I'm not sure how to do it with the move controllers. I figured it out. It, it's not crazy difficult or anything and yeah, they and have I'm, I, they must have like hundreds of hours of video tutorials on there oh there's tons yeah. of them yeah well I, I guess it's, it's a smart call anyway because like obviously not everyone has move controllers not so. everyone buys every VR um, system that comes out so I understand why they yeah, might and, default to the controller yeah uh, uh, speaking of VR 
uh, Dan, you informed me that VR Dreams is coming up, coming like soonish. That's, what? That's what uh, an article I read that had an interview with with Media Molecule said that there was a imminent update or a, an update that was pretty close, according to this article, for uh, to, for adding VR, which makes the most sense. Um, Absolutely. That like when I first played this Friday night, I was playing it. I'm like, I'm just mad right now because this is so good, and I wish this was in VR because suddenly it solves all the problems of 3D space navigation, especially with your move controllers. Because now you can just tilt your head and position yourself the way you want it. And it just, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to Um, that. Uh, Especially since I think, you know, many of the ideas on this podcast, uh, one of the questions that's always asked is, is this VR? And universally, I think almost 100% of the ideas, it is VR, because why would it not be? (laughs) And it'd be super Yeah, you never lose anything. We only say it like 30% of the time, but yes, it's 100% of time. Yeah, 70% of the time you don't say it. It's just obvious. Um, I'm excited to see. I would love to make, (laughs) like to make some of the games from this podcast in there or have or see someone else make those because uh, i think there's a lot of the ideas the some of the ideas not so much giant open world uh never ending story type things maybe not basically jeff's ideas. basically i didn't want to say it but yeah jeff's ideas might be kind of rough but <laughs> no um i'm glad you brought this up because uh, i was thinking about this obviously um this is the whole premise of our show and and the game is called uh someone should make this presents yes. dreams um what game would we do and for me uh I think it was last week or the week before, uh, Challenge Run, the game, is like the perfect mm-hmm. dreams game. Because conceptually, it's like mechanically, it's very simple. It's a platformer or a little beat em up or action game or whatever. But the idea is that every time you take a hit, you get a little stronger. And the idea is by, how far can you get with the lowest amount of upgrades? And so that's, I think, logically a very simple thing to create in dreams so i i honestly think that that is what i'm going to try to make this week and maybe maybe by next week we can uh talk about it or play it or promote it if it if it exists that'd be cool um i would like i mean i I don't know if how long like the other big problem with this is that just my lifestyle my habits I, i i obviously have been very vocal on twitter about not playing games for more than six to eight hours because i just don't have the time for it Unfortunately, that's like totally at odds at what Dreams is. Dreams is this super deep thing where you can spend hours and hours in. And I really want to. I don't know if it's going to happen, though, just for my own lifestyle. But I would love to every week just like throw out, hey, here's this awesome Dreams game that I play that I recommend. You mm-hmm. know, I just feel like it's really in keeping with this show. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. Um, awesome. That was great. I think we'll... Uh, now talk about some games we want to see people make. So uh, who wants to go first? Uh, okay, so I had this idea, and I, I, for a long time, I've wanted to have a game where it's it's a VR game because of, of course. course it is. Yeah. Um, but the camera is third person, sort of like a GTA style camera from like behind the back, but you're still controlling that body with your body movements. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Yep. You know, yeah. it's like imagine you're a first person game and you're you're throwing guns and shooting shit, you know, doing all that stuff except you're doing all that stuff from the third person. Your arms are still mapped to what the uh, the controllers are doing. Um, so I was trying to think like what what's a cool way to have a game where I'm controlling my mobility, like all that stuff needs to be controlled through the hands. And I was like, "Oh, it'd be cool if you were like a robot who lost the bottom half of their body and you had to like crawl around <laughs> everywhere." 
So there, I have a few goals with this game. One is to I, I, I just kind of sort of want to more of like an experiment. I want to see yeah. how well something like that would work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see it being like horrible, right? Like the third person <laughs> trying to control your arms and like I don't even know how the camera is going to work to keep you from throwing up. But I, I still so, – so yeah, so goal number one, just experiment. See if this even works to begin with. Uh, goal number two is I want to sort of highlight like difficulties with like mobility. Like a, like, and this isn't like the whole point of the game. Like I'm not trying to make a game that's like, oh, we need to raise awareness for – you know, low mo- people with like lowered, lowered mobility or something. Um, although I do think that this game could serve that purpose on some level where yeah. in this game, if you suddenly come across like a wheelchair, that could be huge for your mobility for whatever you're trying to do. Um, and then like other, you know, suddenly there's like a bump in the road and you can't use it anymore. Like I think things like that are interesting and certainly explorable from within this game, but I don't want to act like my goal is to, you know, right. like raise awareness or anything. I mean, that's very, that's, that's really cool. That's like, I feel stupid because that's like, my mind went completely the opposite direction, <laughs> oh, which I'll get to. Do tell, minute, please but, tell me. Uh, well, were you, do you have other things to add? Um, I mean, that's really it. I just, I, I want to see how this, this weird control scheme works. I want to, I want to explore how, you know, mobility changes in this, in this uh, scenario. I guess the third thing was, um, because you're a robot, I, you know, a robot is controlled through like software and stuff, right? There's no like, like this, this is getting a little abstract, but it's like, I don't think a robot feels its sense of presence like we do. So to pull the player, like that, like robots don't fucking exist like this. So of course, none of this, but like to pull the player outside the head of the robot, I think is an intentional disconnect that sort of is a stand in for like this weird, like software stuff, like and right. Yeah. No. I makes perfect Almost sense. intentionally caused the player to not be, uh, like as accurate as they might be. Like. Be- yes. Yeah. Everything you're saying is just fucking locking into place with my idea. Okay. It's like so perfect. It's real steel. The game. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. 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 Real quick, for those who don't know, uh, Real Steel is a 2011 movie starring Hugh Jackman and Evangeline Lilly about robot boxing, and so Hugh Jackman's on the sidelines piloting the robot in the ring and then eventually he puts on these uh, apparatus to let him shadow box and kind of like actually physically do the motions uh, that the robot then mimics and does in the ring so yeah that's real steel amazing amazing movie and that's what this game is i don't know if there's anything more to say yeah <laughs> well yeah so i i mean i just my i, I needed to pause a moment because my mind went wild uh, my, yes, i went exactly. on a mind journey um and like i i almost see like almost like two versions like not two versions but like two parts of this game where like one is like you know you don't have legs you're, you're trying to traverse around and do whatever like story stuff and then combat could happen i mean combat could happen like that but then there could also be a thing where you can set yourself in a pair of legs in like like a fighting arena, like in real steel. And it becomes, like you said, real steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it, it, like docking with a pair of legs makes me think, well, you could just dock with any sort of bottom half. Yeah. Like a tank treads. Different machine. Ta- yeah. Tank treads. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. Octopus. Tentacles. Oh, fuck yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog's what? lower half. Hell yeah. Oh wait, that's not going to, that joke's not going to work <laughs> until later. <laughs> I, uh, I actually, you know, this, this idea made me think of, uh, <laughs> it made me think of, I am bread actually. Like, 
Oh yeah, trying to yeah. maneuver your way around with with limited options and finding ways to get from point A to point B without destroying yourself. Um, it, it, almost like a slapsticky version, uh, as opposed to the obviously more serious and important real steel version. But uh, that's kind of what it made me think of. And imagine like so when you were saying that software layer being between you and the robot, like that's totally real steel. Where like if you get your arm damaged then it's not going to respond to your right hook the way it did before. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the software is just trying to do the thing, and it, you know, it's not possible because servos are broken mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So what if, what if this game actually takes place from the point of view of um, basically uh, Hugh Jackman's character, where, yeah. where he's, you, know, you, are, you are him, but you're seeing this stuff happen in third person, and maybe in this game there's, like, what it, like, I'm trying. I'm trying to get into sort of like this like underground robot fighting ring. Like there's there's other groups of people who are doing this, and maybe some of them aren't so good, and maybe they're trying to like rig the system. So, what if part of the game is using your robot to try to sneak into their warehouses to I don't know sabotage yeah. or do something? Oh yeah. And like during that, like once combat breaks out, it's all about like trying to find these different bottom halves. These like combat unit bottom halves to help you fight your way out or do any number of things and you can like yeah. you can that's you cool defeat, like you can, like, yeah if you defeat together another pieces. robot like security robot their bottom half becomes available oh, you, t- you yeah. mega man that shit yeah. yes except you get to like physically rip the top half from the bottom half and place yourself yeah, down in there like yes yeah. robo recall style yes hmm. well, that sounds cool. good so now, can this be? Can this exist in dreams? <laughs> oh, is that what this episode is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't really know what the dreams VR is going to look like, work like, if they're going to make first-person games where you can use your hands to do shit. Because if they do that, yeah. holy shit! I'm, I, I'm still I'm not sure what yeah. the upper limit on dreams is as it currently exists. Like, well, you've seen I the mean, things online. You've seen like wipeout, photo real sausage. Like, so I know that they can create ratatouille. Uh, you know. Oh. I just don't know. Holy shit, Ratatouille! You're holding the hair. What? And you're controlling the oh guy's my arms. God. Did we Amazing. make Ratatouille the game? Was it the Ratatouille did. game? Solely I think us. It was a movie tie-in game for that. I don't know if. I'm sure there was. I don't know. Yeah, what. but it wasn't VR. Sure running around. Yeah, it wasn't VR, and you weren't controlling hair like a convert, like a power loader. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, someone should, someone should, should make this. Make yeah, someone mm-hmm. should make that. Yeah. Um, Dan, what do you got? Well, uh, my idea is actually based on the movie The Truman Show. Oh, oh no. no. Why, did you have one too? No, it's just that, that whole concept like strikes terror. Why? In- really? Yeah, it really oh, just does. The concept, the there's like a visceral... The concept of the movie where like the whole world is like... We're like revolving around you, but also sort of like against uh-huh. you, like trying to con- let's do that. Like that movie fucked me up. I saw it like right at an age where I was like, "Oh shit, everybody's watching me." Well, so oh, my idea, that's awesome. Might I want to? I, I just love that I'm learning Matt so much Pearson. about Young Matt. <laughs> yeah, this episode. This is well. Stay really good. Stay, stay tuned stay after tuned the, for credits. the credits <laughs> for, <laughs> for some real for shit. A deep dive. <laughs> so what I'm picturing is sort of like a Sims um, kind of interface, and and you know they're third person you're looking down and seeing the world uh the twist here is that you are not actually playing as truman you're playing as christoph the ed harris character who's running the truman show from the outside 
So, and then you put him in a hey, swimming pool with no yes. ladder. Before you finish this idea, can I read to you an idea that I have written in my uh, my my little book of ideas? Yeah, because I I want to I want to know if it if it falls in line with okay. with what you're saying. Um, sitcom director simulator, and this is inspired by a game called Broadcast Simulator, which has been getting a lot of uh-huh. news lately. Um, oh, I haven't heard that. Uh, my idea was multiple cameras pointed at sitcom scenarios, and your job is to cut between different cameras to like emphasize whatever mood was is trying to be conveyed. Um, I've never pitched this idea because it is too close to sitcom direct or to broadcast simulator, um, mm. which is a game about controlling the news in much the same way. I would way. say, yeah, I would say it's not good. not super similar to this. Uh, there's not as much of a focus on editing okay, which shots to use or things of that nature. It's more. Um, I mean, it's very akin to Sims, except that you aren't you aren't actively trying to enrich this person's life. What you're trying to do is balance a, a few different things. So on the one hand, you need to uh, make sure that Truman doesn't figure out that he's in a show, right? So you're trying to manage his paranoia level, keep him from figuring things out too much. Um, on the other hand, you're also running a show, so you need... To have good ratings so you need people to watch you need that right? drama so you have oh, to introduce things in his life that create rating spikes in the viewers without them getting so absurd and out of hand that he figures out that this is not in fact real life interesting um have you have you played a two-point hospital i have mm-hmm. what's that uh what if there was what if there's an oh it's a it's, basically a, it's a hospital simulator it's like theme hospital it's like a new version yeah. of theme hospital it's like a tycoon type game where you're running a hospital, but it's very funny. It's very like tongue in cheek humor. Yeah. And, um, but a part of that is you have to hire doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have not a lot of money, you hire not very good doctors. Oh, so <laughs> see where this is that's, going. Yeah, yeah, that's part of my pitch as well. So yes, right in okay, my alley. Good. So you're, you're managing Truman's suspicion, you're managing the rating system, and you're also managing the cast and crew. So you Excellent. have to hire actors and actresses to come on the show. Um, and you have to manage their scale, their pay. You have to manage how much use they get. Maybe you hired someone who hasn't been in a storyline in like over a month and they're getting upset and starting to, oh, to show up where they're not supposed to be or that's say things good. to Truman they're not supposed to say. In addition to that, I don't know if you I don't know how much you remember about the movie, but it all kind of kicks off when a spotlight falls from the sky and lands yeah. in Truman's driveway. So if we really want to go bonkers with it, we also need to just maintain the world by hiring janitorial staff and engineers and mechanics to make sure that everything in the world is maintained so that the facade of this of this place that Truman is living doesn't start crashing in. Dan, you have tip you have done it. You've what have you've I done? done it. And here's why you've done it. I, I think everybody loves doing like a sim theme park game and you know, setting up all of all of your stuff and setting up you know, the so place where you can buy food and buy toys and go on rides, like setting all that stuff up. But like one of the things that I think, I, at least I love doing, and I feel like a lot of people do this, is after your your park is sort of established, you a lot of times I will select just like some random schmuck who's walking through my party or walking <laughs> walking through my my park, and just like you know they'll have like the little ticker to see what this guy's like thinking. And yeah. like what he wants and what he doesn't want, and like the idea that you've created this game where you just drill down on that one guy and try to figure out how to 
make a park that is based on him rather than based on everybody. Like, that's such a cool idea. That's awesome. And you know what? Um, you, you take that exact thing and you kind of uh, extrapolate a, like, many years, like, a, not a whole lifetime or maybe maybe a whole lifetime, but this idea of, of just like in the movie, seeding um, phobias, mm-hmm. like, make him scared of water so that he doesn't go out in the ocean. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's almost like the psychological sandbox now, too. Yeah, Is, and in addition to that, like, kind of bare bones, like, what? how can I make it so this person never wants to escape? You're also, you also need to sort of mold his personality so that people like him, right? Like, right. you don't want him to be a total jerk on the show who hates everybody because then people start, you start to drop the ratings. If somebody's yeah, in and trouble... and then you gotta introduce Poochie. Right. And then, <laughs> and then the whole thing just totally goes out the window. Um, which maybe would be fun as well well and so as far as the other actors that are there you know if if the truman character and it could be a a male or female character obviously it doesn't really matter um if they're in a relationship and suddenly people are bored of the relationship do you have the actor or actress playing his significant other break up with them you've introduced a new person that he has a connection with like there's a lot of really creepy uh weird things that you can it's do with creepy but life. it's awesome because you know i was I don't, I don't know if this is where you would want to take this game but there is a lot of cool things of like okay we've we've selected a baby this is the baby that's this is, this is going to be our truman and uh we're going to try to set him off on this path and like you have this this idea of like oh yeah he's going to grow up he's going to get married he's going to have a house with a white picket fence blah, blah blah but then you find out like oh no our truman is gay and that doesn't count for account for like anything that we had planned. And now you have to Mm -hmm. pivot on things like that. And like, Oh, he doesn't like white house of picket fences, despite us like trying so hard to drill that idea into his head throughout his life. Like turns out he wants to live in the city. Like there's like, you could throw all these cool little like curveballs in there Mm -hmm. and like kind of like turn it into this weird, like life simulator in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And And it's again, balancing his own sanity with the ratings, with production realities, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, you could, like, fuck this person up by, like, trying to go against their nature, like, trying to, like, really stick to the script too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. a powerful metaphor. Then, on top of all of that, another big element of the show, of the movie, is that, and this sort of kind of relates to the to Brandon's Rocket League idea that we spooled out there, Um a lot of the movie was people from the outside world trying to tell Truman he's in a show. Like they felt bad oh, for him. Oh, that's real good. They felt like he was the the, the show was obviously manipulating him for sure. And so they would, you know, parachute into the set or they would try <laughs> to get him messages. There's one scene where somebody's like hiding in a Christmas box when he's a child. Dude, that that has to be other players. Oh, oh Jesus. Yes. <laughs> there's like a there's there's like oh what's it called in Dark Souls? You can invade other people's yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be. So there's this idea of dissidents that are trying to ruin the show for the sake of Truman or for their own sake, I guess, or yeah. just for that's the sake exactly of chaos. what fucking people do. That's that's what griefing is. Yeah. That's but it's they're so trying to ruin perfect. they're trying to ruin your game. Yes. And, and yeah, and possibly Truman's life in the process, uh, whether his life is worth worth continuing to live that way is is kind of up to the player but it could could either be people from the outside uh, world it could be other players or it could be right uh disgruntled actors and staff from the show trying to do it as well all those things are possible i think here's what i would say as a control against it being annoying is that let's say it's tied to like security and so 
if you put money in, you're like, okay, I don't want to deal with griefers. I don't want to deal with these people. My my number one priority is security. That's the one I'm going to budget the most money for. Well, and then you don't have to worry about it. So I, but if you like, oh, sorry, go so, ahead. Uh, you're done. Yeah. Um, and then if you like, oh shit, I need to build this thing. All right, I guess I guess I'll lower my security budget for this month or year or whatever. Then like that turns on this like flip, uh, a switch flips of like okay now there's a one out of a hundred chance or thousand chance for someone who match makes to uh, invade being sent to your game. And then if you like say hey fuck it no no budget for security then just people are just flooding in and it's like chaos. <laughs> so I had I had a slightly I had a similar idea and I think that I think the combination of both of these ideas would be perfect for that. Where like you can you can bump up security to the point where people just like can't get in. But imagine, imagine, you know, you are one of the people at home watching this show and you are watching uh, Truman sort of get like forced into this like script that, you know, whoever's whoever's running the show is causing. And like as a viewer, you can see that like this is not the life that this dude wants. So like this, the the story hook there is like the people watching the show are frustrated that Truman is being like railroaded down this life. So that makes them. Right more likely to try to invade the okay, set. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so if you're really trying to railroad him down this this path, you there's sort of like an under the hood value that goes up that makes you more likely to invaded to be invaded, which you can counteract by right. hiring more security. security. Yeah. So if you do a good storyline, then you can you can lower the security budget because that's also yeah, it, yeah, it's the two things. If you that's, genuinely that's really have good. like a happy like main character, people are not gonna be as as yeah. interested in doing that. You might need you might introduce a, a an event that that makes him happy and that gets you some good ratings. But if you introduce a really dramatic kind of traumatic event, that's actually way higher ratings. But it bumps up that dissident kind yeah, of yeah. That's yeah. such an interesting like tug of war there. Interplay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, that's oh, awesome. Man. That's good. Someone should make someone it. should make that for sure. For sure. Thank you. Oh, that's really good. Well, I don't know how I'm going to follow that. In fact, what's funny is that in some ways my idea this week was a little similar to that. So we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this. It's kind of just a quick quick shot. But basically, I've been watching a couple TV shows that um, I feel like kind of uh, inspired this. Um, I'm watching The Outsider on HBO, which is very good. And I've been watching Dracula on Netflix, which is entertaining. And um, <laughs> <laughs> both of those shows deal with the supernatural. And both of those shows, uh, more insider, I guess, is or outsider, is like people believing you or not believing you. Like if uh, someone has a like supernatural encounter, this ghost comes in their house and they're freaking out like, oh my God, there was a ghost and their partner's like, I'm sure it was a bad dream. You know, like that whole classic thing. So like, what if there's a game where you are the ghost and you have some goal? I don't really know what the goal would be, but it involves like haunting people or like doing bad shit, but you can't just come out with it. Otherwise everyone's going to know you're there and then hunt you down. Um, so this, I know I've touched on this theme before a little bit with Ghost Blasters mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, but th- this is more like a single-player, almost stealth game, more like story-based stealth game rather than a multiplayer action game. But, you know, similar themes about you're, you're a supernatural entity that is doing stuff and doesn't want to be exposed. And so that's, the, that's the, basically the idea. Like, what can you do to haunt people to but but not have other people witness it or believe that person is being haunted so like not leaving ectoplasm around or not leaving a trace of something or making sure no one's around when they do it or that's that's it so is your goal strictly just like haunt people or do you have 
Do you have a motive? I think it should be a means to an end, but I don't know what that end should be. Yeah, because I mean, there's so many... I, Go ahead, Dan. Well, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm just thinking, like, if, if um, you know, typically a ghost is haunting someone or some area because either they have something they need help with, right? Right, or they want them to get out of their house. Or they want or them whatever. to get out of their house. So that one That's seems like the experience. most... Yeah, well, <laughs> and you still have yet to leave. So good, no, kudos to you. No, I've haunted non-fucking-stop lately. By Sonic. Yeah, by Sonic. <laughs> by Sonic. But if, if your goal was to get the people to leave the house, but you had to be really careful to only kind of haunt in a way that, that not more than one person didn't see it happen, right? So you could concentrate all of your haunting on one person first, and you're trying to find moments when they're alone or moments when the other people aren't, you know, looking to haunt them to the point that they become so crazy and uh, and like they go literally go insane and are carted away to an insane asylum <laughs> at which point your pool of people that you need to haunt goes down and once you've gotten rid of all the people then you win the house is yours and uh that could be kind of the end goal for it but if you if you haunt in such a way that multiple people see it then they call in the ghost blasters and you're you're in trouble right it's not I get what you're saying the one at a time thing it's a little bit of like a stretch like I don't know I I, can't, I don't see that working out super cleanly but uh, hmm. Matt do you have did you say uh, I was I was thinking something sort of similar and Dan you sort of, you started touching on it at the end like what if what if this game takes place in a world where uh, like hauntings are so commonplace that something like ghost blasters have been have been around and are like well known so. If you do something like, you know, you're a ghost and you pop out of the walls, they're going to be like, shit, we got a ghost, call the ghost blasters, and that's it. The jig is up, right? right? So you you need to find ways of, and this is sort of what you're saying, you need to find ways of haunting people that doesn't look at all like a haunting. Hmm. Right. Right. Maybe it looks more like there's... It's supernatural hitman. Su- supernatural hitman. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, and like... <laughs> Could it could it be a dark game where you try to kill people? Sure, it, fuck it. it. I mean, it could be like that's not necessarily sure, yeah. what I'm after or what I think you're after, um, but that could be part of it. Maybe that is sort of like much much like Hitman. There is a run in guns blazing and kill everybody option for like every level, but yeah, and maybe that's that's this version of that. But like, I, I think it'd be more interesting if you are. Tr- you know, make it look like this house is a money pit and like, you know, Oh yeah. You know, things are being destroyed or to get more extreme, be like, make it look like this house is targeted by um, a murderer who's trying to get in and like shit like that. Like just, you, you, you know, you don't want people to know that you're a ghost, but you want them to know that maybe they're in danger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, Dan, what you were saying about like, well, here's what ghosts want. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's kind of true, but like, are there any other, uh, examples of other things that ghosts want. I guess some of them are just like they just feed on souls, you know, or, or, or whatever. fear, or yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, that's again like I like this. I like the idea of it being a means to an end. Like, okay, get them out of the house. That's like the end goal. Mm-hmm. So I definitely like an end goal rather than just this perpetual. I just want to eat people or whatever. Um, I guess that's good. Dan's yeah. Dan's idea of you know, only letting one person be haunted at a time. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking, I, I like that as a restriction. Maybe you don't have to be so strict as to say, like, only one person. Maybe it's more about what their state of mind is. Like, if everybody is, like, super freaked the fuck out, then you can haunt, like, a group at a time because they are, oh, they are like, primed yeah. for a haunting. 
Yeah, um, right. And yeah, I, I think didn't, I didn't mean to limit it. Like it had to be that way, but that was just one strategy or avenue. Strategy, but I yeah. like well, that idea of where you're going with it. Yeah, but it made me think of like maybe the levels are like here is an apartment owned by one person. So, you know, it's basically a tutorial, right? You just haunt the shit out of that guy until he leaves and, <laughs> and it's good. But then you move up to like dorms or like frat houses or like, you know, just like places that have just shitloads of people living in them. And now it becomes it does become more like a hitman style game where you're trying to, you know, split people off to give them these like little hauntings to lower their state of mind or like heighten their fear or whatever. So that once you have really scared everybody in the area, you can drop Do a your, bigger event. Yeah, drop your your haunt bomb on everybody. <laughs> haunt bomb. That's a, that's the name of the game. Haunt bomb. <laughs> haunt bomb. Also, like there can even be scenarios where it's like it's like a bunch of uh, people just like goofing off and like doing uh like a ouija board or something and they're, they're setting themselves up to be scared and like you can take advantage right. of things like That's that cool. yeah what if uh maybe there's a side like kind of what you were saying like the game is open and you can take it super dark and try to kill people or whatever maybe there's an avenue to have it be like you know beetlejuice where like uh alec baldwin they just want to have fun and they're, they're like i want to be on good terms with the people oh in the house. maybe there can be competing ghosts because that's really what Beetlejuice okay. kind of was, right? Like right. you, you were. Oh. It was your house. You were kind of willing to work. I guess at the end, they're like willing to just live in harmony with yeah. the people there. But then, um, you know, Beetlejuice was called in by them, and he wanted to take it to the extreme. So you have to right. have to help them yeah. kind of navigate these competing ghosts if you if harmony is is your goal. Not bad. That's yeah. really yeah. good. Haunt bomb. Haunt bomb. Someone should make Someone it. Someone should make it. <laughs> awesome. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Someone Should Make This. Thanks for listening. You can tweet at us at EdMakeThisPodcast. Email us at SomeoneShouldMakeThisPodcast at gmail.com. Hey, email us in with awesome dreams games that you guys have made, and I would definitely play them and talk about them. Absolutely. I, this is, a, again, just as I said before, this is an awesome companion to this podcast is this game so do dreams games have uh, like a code that you can put in to easily find them oh that's a good question i don't know um i think that there are search terms uh you can yeah i think there's a, a website question. you can search on like i dreams something in, yeah in dreams dot dot um yes uh i think there is so in any case um yeah emails uh your your game and uh, yeah, uh, thank you to Mariachi Entertainment System for letting us use their music for our theme song. And until next week, we've done the hard part. Now someone should make it in dreams. Nice. <laughs> well, hey, Danish, do you want some yeah. prime... Uh, post credits talk sure. I, I just i just there's something about sonic i want to get off my chest all right do it um you might want to write this down because i haven't I decided will. if i want it on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when i was when i was really little i th- i i th- i have this theory that i was dangerously close to becoming a furry and Oof. I, Did you even know what that was? No, nah, no, no, no. And also, I don't have anything against furries. That's not that's not what this is. It's just my life would have taken a drastically different course. Yeah. Had I, I don't know. I had I had a Sonic uh, like plush doll that was my favorite thing in the world. Um, and I did I, not know this about you. Yeah, yeah. And I remember 
deeply. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the way I was saying the sentence, and you're gonna get uncomfortable. Uh, I remember deeply and passionately wishing that Sonic the Hedgehog was my friend in real life. <laughs> I mean, that's not nothing wrong with that. That's not so weird. Yeah. Like, okay, are we talking about what, like? 16 years old no 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 i would five years old this is grade school okay um but i was i don't think that's man i was drawing fan art i wrote a song about sonic you wrote a song is it recorded somewhere tell me it's recorded no 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 no. i wrote it down (laughs) i wrote it down because there's this weird kid on the bus that seemed to like all my sonic the hedgehog uh art content content yeah all the con- i was like i was one of the first content creators content. <laughs> uh and I, <laughs> I wrote this song and gave it to him it was a song about sonic the hedgehog that i gave to a weird kid on a bus this is amazing um okay so i have i, I have, have several questions, questions as well you you, you first <laughs> <laughs> okay um sonic has a very rabid fan base this has been established oh yeah uh, over the years and i mean there's a lot of fan bases for a lot of things, but Sonic fans seem uh, extra passionate. And being one, having a glimpse inside, like, what do you think it is about Sonic that makes fans really, really like him? I don't know. I think it's because he's so fucking cool. Okay. <laughs> right? Like, okay. Sonic, Sonic was always... was always he was the cool mascot. Yeah, he sure. was yeah. the cool mascot. He was the, the mascot he, with attitude. I don't think we had that yet. Um but he was also very, like, I, I'm sure we had characters who were edgy, right? But uh-huh. he was not edgy. He was, he was like, he kind of was. Booger Man. Yeah, he, or even just <laughs> like. Bubsy. Or even just like Bubsy some shit. grim, dark hero or whatever. He right. was never that. He's still, like, always super likable, but yeah. got shit done kind of guy. I think that's what, I think that's what okay. did it. It's like, he, he, he had power and he also had <laughs> inner strength. <laughs> inner strength. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, I really don't. Uh, you know what's funny is, uh, yeah, I think you described him accurately. Um, the Sonic movie, the new one, he actually isn't edgy at all. But I, I like and that. For some, I'm curious. Yeah, like, and, uh, what, where does this edgy persona come from? Because I don't remember. Well, it was from. It came from Sega. It was came from like. We do what Nintendo don't. Here's Sonic, like flicking you off. Did, well, you never yeah, 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 fuck you, kids. <laughs> was it just? No, his, but, was it just his association with Sega? Because I don't remember any marketing material or anything in the game where he was anywhere close to edgy. He he would put his hands on his hips and tap his foot. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. That's was all when, it took. When you let him, when you let him stand there, he he fucking stares down the barrel of the camera as if to say, "Hey, you fucking kid, I got shit to do." Let's yeah. let's do it, and that's cool yeah. because he, as soon as you did it, he was your friend again, and he's he just wants to go get that Eggman. So he was impatient, yeah. and that, because of that, the whole world loves. He's got to go fast. He's got to go fast. He's got to go fast. I understand this. I just no ca- no character ever directly interfaced with the player like that. That is true. So you, I don't think idle animations exo- existed at all. So you guys fell in love with him, or kids fell in love with him because he broke the fourth wall. That was it. Maybe, maybe. I, I, this is certainly part of it. The other, the other part of it is marketing. Oh no! In the title screen, he wags his finger at you. Oh, that's right. Why would he do that though? That's like, no, no, no! Don't play this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like <laughs> this made- mystique about Sonic that that everyone knows, but I feel like is kind of hard to pin down its origin. You can't quite put your finger yeah, on it, yeah. and maybe that's maybe that's, that's part maybe of it. That's He's kind of mysterious. Thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like Mario is very straightforward. You know what Mar- who Mario is. You know why he's there. He's he's you know, milk toast and Sonic. Yeah, it, 
Mario's Mario's your friend through and through, no matter what you do. Sure, but yeah. but Sonic feels like he he is your friend, but he's he's also not a pushover. If you if you if you abuse your friendship with Sonic, he's going to be like, no way. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Mario would just take it. Yeah, he'd be like, let's what let's t- go again. Tails' deal. Excuse me. What was, <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, Mario. What was Tails? <laughs> what was Tails' uh, deal? Like, what was his character? Uh, I think his character was Sega lost the plot and was like, let's just start throwing characters at the screen. And they got they lucky f- for a couple games and well, then that's went I mean, off the rails. I do love Big the Cat. I mean, I'm just going to say Big the Cat was awesome. But, um, yes, many characters failed. Tails was just in Sonic 2. Like, I think it was still – Tails is awesome. He had two Tails. Tails, Tails was did. cool. Um, I don't know that he had a backstory. Uh I, I know that his his his, his 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 nickname is Tails. His real name is Miles Prower. Oh, it is not. Are you just making stuff up? <laughs> Holy shit! You don't no, know I this. Know, don't... I knew it's Miles. I didn't know Prower. I didn't know he had a last name. Yeah, it's is, because... so- is Sonic Sonic's nickname? Does he have a, a, another name that's like? Hold on. Oh, wait, shit, wait, 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 guys, Alfred relax. Clark? Because I, I'm so delighted that you're missing the pun in Tails' name. <laughs> Am I? How Prower t- miles miles per hour? Yeah, oh. there it is. Nice. It's pretty good, right? That I think his entire good. character was based around that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's not fast, he flies, so it's not like it, I don't know, whatever. His name well, should it be like Knots? Knots? Knots Prower? I mean, Knots. Sure. Who cares? Whatever. The point is. I think even even Knuckles probably shouldn't have worked because that was when Sega started doing like let's like really get edgy characters. Yeah, in there. I actually I do like Knuckles, and especially in his initial run. But yes, that was that was we the, were on the edge. The start they were on the edge of being uh, too edgy. Hmm. But just Sonic and Knuckles, this is like a fucking tangent. Sonic and <laughs> Knuckles was so goddamn genius. It was if you guys don't remember, oh I remember Sonic and oh. Knuckles came out. And this is for our audience who. Uh, may not remember. I forgot that, that we were talking to an audience. I thought we were just talking about Sonic the Hedgehog right now. I mean, look, uh, I don't blame you. Uh, no one's listening at this point. <laughs> <But> <laughs> they've tuned out long yeah. ago. Um, <laughs> Sonic and Sonic One and Two were obviously like cartridges for Genesis, and then around the same time, there was this thing called the Game Genie, which was a pass-through system. You could put your cartridges in, mm-hmm. change the hex code or whatever, and give you infinite lives or infinite health. They took this idea of this pass-through uh, thing and decided to make a game around it where you put you could put Knuckles in Sonic 1 and Sonic 2. And that was just... Kind of mind-blowing. Incredible. Sega did it some was stuff. Effort. Like, Sega TV was amazing way before... It's true. Like, any sort of streaming services were out there. You could have a monthly subscription and just, like, Se- rent Sega games Game Pass. Month. Yeah. Xbox Game Pass is just Sega TV. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, did either of you have that? No, my buddy. Didn't. I didn't, but a friend of mine yeah. did. Damn, I, I never, I never knew what this like. I never knew how that worked. Like, what the specifics of that? Because, just, like, did you just download the game, or did it? It didn't stream it. There's no, no fucking you download, way you could do it back then. You downloaded like 500 kilobytes, or yeah. however big those games are. It was just like it a set top, like, you know, ten set top box sort of thing. I think that was like interfacing with the Genesis somehow, and it plugged in with like it a was no, 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 it was a cartridge with the. Uh, Phone port. In oh, that's right. It. Whoa! And you plug in the phone cord into the cartridge, yeah. and you put that into the machine. That was like before yeah. and people so it had would download. Internet. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, this is well. Been, that was uh, the Sonic report. Yep. That was- <laughs> <laughs> 
Not, uh, if, you, if you're, I mean, if you're cool with the, your revelations, I'll put this at the end of the credits. I think the end of the credits, credits is fine. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of glad. I kind of feel good about getting that out and into the world and off my chest. Yeah, that's what you should. Well, I'm, I'm shocked that you didn't see the Sonic movie then. Well, not yet. Okay. Okay. But part of part of it's like kind of ashamed. Not ashamed. Ashamed isn't the word. But like, I, I, I will need to like. Uh, Steal yourself so, from falling in love again? <laughs> no, 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 I was say like go back, like go, like go uh, face down my past. Hmm. Sort right. Of, yeah. I, I. This is what I want you to do. <laughs> you, <laughs> you and Kelsey, go to the Sonic movie. Okay. You sit down. It's like about to start, and then you turn to Kelsey like right before There's it something starts. I have to tell you. <laughs> There's something I have to tell you. I care more about Sonic <laughs> than you can ever know. You're not my first love. <laughs> And then, like, this, the, the movie starts, and she's like, what? what? And, then, <laughs> and then she looks back, and I'm gone. And you're in the movie somehow. <laughs> and there's just a golden uh, ring on your seat where you were, once were. Exactly. Yeah, that's the exactly. noise it makes. It's the ding, ding. Holy yeah. shit. Okay, yep. Let's do a podcast. <laughs>